Apostolic Overseer of Gateway Church, as well as the Antioch Oasis International Network that we are a part of. He's the author of a book entitled Legacy Song. Copies are available for $10. I read it. It's a wonderful book full of stories that will inspire you to leave a legacy of worship and honor before the Lord in your life and your family. And also, he is bringing us the word, and it's going to be an encouragement to everyone that's here. You'll be glad you came. Pastor Olin Griffin, come right on. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I felt like the Lord said this morning that, thank you, said this morning that this church started off 25 years ago, maybe a little earlier, as a seed. And this was impressed on me recently when I was in Israel. I was walking along the outside of the wall and um, of the old city, and it was totally barren except way up there, not far from the top, was this weed or maybe it was a flower. It, was in, it wasn't in season right then. And I thought to myself, how did that seed get up there? How did it grow? No soil. No watering. No regular caring. And I, I remembered taking a picture of it because I wanted to remember this. That a seed will do everything possible to survive and be fruitful. All it takes is a seed. This church was a seed planted. And I guarantee you, a seed will fight everything to survive and make it and fulfill its purpose. You've been through a lot. Congratulations on the 25 years. And we've just done our best to let God handle it all. And in the midst of it, give him thanks. Pastor and his wife have just been absolutely beautiful pastors, weathering the storm, any storm, but also, let's don't focus just on storms but on the really good times of church life. And we just owe them the greatest, well, the Lord through them, but them because they yielded to the Lord a really great offering of thanksgiving. So, Alan and Yvette, stand up a moment. Let's just give y'all a... You've been the perfect pastors for this house. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Thank you. Mm. The perfect pastors for this house. Wow. In Zechariah chapter 9, if you would turn with me, I think we're going to have it on the screen as well. But in Zechariah chapter 9, verses 11 to 12, is an obscure passage of Scripture that I had not thought anything about until this past December the 28th. In fact, 
how, am, how many of you have read the Bible through several times, many times, and uh, still find verses of Scripture that you didn't see before? Have you done that? I, 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 that's, where, that's where I was. And I read this thing, and, and, and this is what it says. It says, as for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. How does this apply to us today? Well, for one thing, when you read in the beginning of the chapter, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus riding in on a donkey. It's a triumphal entry. The first verses of this chapter. It's all about Jesus entering in. And, and suddenly you find in verse 11, and it says, uh, but, but as for you, who's he talking about? He's talking about the people who were reading or listening to this message. The, the, the messianic mass message of Jesus, the people. You who are listening to this message, I want you to know as for you also. Not only am I going to bring peace to Jerusalem, which the first part of it was about, I'm going to cut off the chariot, and I'm going to cut off the sword, I'm going to cut off all of this. I'm going to, I'm going to stop the war. I'm going to bring peace to you, Jerusalem. And then it says, as, as for you also, not just Jerusalem, as for us also, he said, because of the blood of your covenant, I will, re, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. What is interesting here is that he's, he's while they are still prisoners in the pit, the waterless pit, he's calling them prisoners of hope. And if you, it's like if you were in a pit and, 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 and uh, you were stuck just not knowing where to go, Bound in, can't climb out of it. And someone said, hey, you, you prisoners of freedom, you prisoner of hope. How could I be that while I'm in the pit? And yet that's how Jesus sees us. We're his body. And how many of you know we're not always on top all the time? Just the way the church is not always on top all the time. But man, aren't we glad for the things that we learn through those times. And aren't we really grateful for the times when everything is on top? That he's speaking, he's speaking to us here about the water of the spit. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you didn't understand how you got there? Have you ever found your place, yourself in a place where, where you're not really living what you know should, you should be living? And you really don't know how you got there. It is like we we sometimes will put on because we don't know what to do about it, and we don't know what anyone else knows how to, how to fix it. We don't even know if God. We know He knows how to fix it, but we don't know if He's going to fix it, or if He is when He's going to fix it. And here we are in it. Maybe we've done something wrong ourselves. Maybe we've taken a wrong step. Maybe we've walked in into an area of pride or or whatever area of character. We may have walked into. Maybe we walked into that. Maybe we walked into it knowingly. Maybe we walked into it 
unknowingly. Maybe we got things going on on the inside of us that only God knows about. And that he knows that there is something that's going to have to be fixed before we can move on. And he doesn't want us to move on without getting it fixed character-wise so that we can bring maximum glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. So maybe we find ourselves in a pit. Maybe it was our mistake. Maybe we did misstep. But here we are, and we find ourselves putting on. Sometimes we can tell if we're in a pit because we know that what we're saying and how we're acting is not how we're feeling on the inside. How we're feeling on the inside is that, for some reason, I'm bound up. (laughs) And I can't really be real. I can't really be authentic. I don't want anyone to know that I'm going through something. I want them to think that I'm in victory all the time. But, but, but we're not. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of just put on a face and I'm going to walk it. Well, that's not bad. In fact, I think we may talk about it, at least allude to it, just, just a little bit later in here. But you, we have to understand that there is something that holds us to the, to the path. And we, we look at Joseph. Look with me, if you, if you have your Bibles and, and wood. Again, it'll be up on top. Um, Joseph in Genesis thirty-seven twenty-four. We know we're going to read that in just a moment. You see where, where he is? They took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. What did it say about the pit in Zechariah? A waterless pit. There are only two times in the whole Old Testament is the pit called the waterless pit. The other times, they were thrown into a pit of miry clay or miry pit so that there's water or mud that's down in the bottom of it. These are dry pits. And I think dry for a reason. The reason they wanted to say dry pit, because of a lack of water. We have a lack of, of, of the Spirit of God just flowing out of us that, that's he, he wants to be that river in our life, and we know at that point he's not the river, and here we are captured in there. But we're captured in there with something. We're captured in there with a hope. There's hardly anyone in here that doesn't have some kind of a hope in your life. And we find ourselves in a prison, and yet we know that we are, while we're in, we're still a prisoner of hope. Maybe we've never ever thought, thought of it like that. But a hope keeps pulling you. A hope keeps you on track. A hope. Take uh, Joseph for an example. Joseph had his dreams. He had two dreams. One was concerning the field and sheaves standing up in the field at harvest time. And 11 of them bent over, kneeled to him. And uh, he told that to his brothers. They knew that it meant that he, they were going to bow to his authority. And then he had another one, the sun, moon, and eleven stars. And the same thing with them. They were going to bow to his authority. But guess what happened? The brothers didn't like it. They put him in a dry, waterless pit. They put him in the pit. The Midianites came by. Well, they were going to kill him. Then they said, no, let's, let's sell him. They sold him. They took him, the Midianites took him to Egypt. The Midianites then sold him to Potiphar, who was one of the the, like the leading soldiers of the, of the country at the time, the generals. And he took him to him and, and he did nothing wrong, but he was falsely accused and he was thrown into prison. And he was in prison several years and, and he made friends with two men who got cast into prison 
after he did. And one of them was the chief butler and the other one was uh, was the chief baker. And they both had a dream and they went to him and he interpreted the dream. The baker, you know, was three days and you're going to, you're going to be hanged. And then he says to the butler, and if I'd have been the butler, I, cause he gave him the butler uh, prophecy after he did the baker, I would butler, I would have probably said, I don't want to hear it. You're going to be nothing but bad news to me. And he said, no, but you're going to be restored in three days to your place. And when you get restored to your place, please remember me. He, he cried out to God as one time while he was in prison said, God, I'm a Hebrew. I've done nothing to, to be worthy of the, of this prison. What am I doing here? You think Joseph, a picture of, we use him as a type of Jesus Christ. Joseph, who is in, in a pit and he's saying, what am I doing here? Why? And he's asking someone, remember me when you get out of here, please. And two years went by. And Pharaoh had a dream. You know that dream? Pharaoh had a dream. No one could tell him, interpret it. The butler said, oh, Pharaoh, I remember a guy in prison. They went and got him, brought him out. He gave the interpretations of the dream. Seven years fat cows and seven years skinny cows means seven years bumper crop, seven years, uh, uh, yeah, Uh, (laughs) nothing. A famine, and seven years famine. So here he is, seven years, seven years famine. What happens in the famine? He has all the food that is needed and left over. His family hears about it. Daddy Jacob sends, sends uh, all but one of the sons. Guess what they do? They bow down to him. They don't know who he is, and they bow down to him because he is the big ruler in Egypt. They later bring the whole family and the whole family bows down to him with both of those dreams coming to pass. And yet he went through all of this almost murdered by his brothers, put in the in the, in the dry pit, sold off to traders. The traders sold him off to as a as a slave in the house. He he then ended up in prison. All of this and Time passed and no one cared that he was there, that he cried out, and yet there was something that held him to it. What held him to it was the dreams that he had that one of these days what he saw was going to happen no matter what was taking place in his life. And you see, we, we've got to have this dream inside of us, this thing that God put there that knocks us out of bed every morning when we wake up. And we may not see it happening the way we think. And some of you are saying, well, yeah, that's good for preachers and, and, and maybe elders and singers and other people like that. But me, I just go down to the shoe store and sell shoes all day. Or I go to the grocery store and sell groceries. Or I, I do this. I'm a, an attorney and I, and you, that, but, but no, 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 no. Listen, you look in your heart. There is something in your heart that God has placed there that you know God wants you to be part of and to do. It is in there. And, and and because of that, you will be made a prisoner. You are a prisoner of hope. And no matter what you're going through right now, and no matter what this church or any other church may be going through right this very moment, if you hold on to the hope and recognize that you are a prisoner to that hope, then God is going to bring it to pass. It doesn't matter.
matter what you're going through at the time. What matters is that we learn what we're supposed to learn through the time. You got it? Through the season. Um, my son is an example. Um, when he was about 25 or 26 years old, um, he abandoned his wife and his little daughter and went into the, the gay lifestyle and to the gay community in Dallas. We, we cried in those first days. We wake up each other in the middle of the night with just tears running down our face, thinking, what, what did we do wrong? What's, why is this like this? And we would pray and we could hardly talk. Wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, couldn't go back to sleep, 3 o'clock. Went through this whole process. I went and looked for him. I had a friend of mine, and we drove all around the clubs down in the gay area of Dallas and looked, and I just prayed that I'd see him walking out of one of the doors or walking into one of the places, getting out of a car or something. I went through that time. I couldn't understand it, didn't know what God was doing. Sybil and I just begin to say, we, we can't handle it. We can't change it. Only one person can change it, and that's God. Only one person. And we begin to do something that we're going to talk about in just, in just a second. But he came back to the Lord about a year and a half ago. He's totally in. They call it all in. You get you get around him and you'll know that he's all in. I didn't get a Kleenex put in my pocket. I didn't know I was gonna I didn't know I was gonna cry a little bit. Oh there it is. I just couldn't think thank you. And uh and so he told me, he said, Many times I I would come out of a club, I'd be drunk or be high. And he said, I'd come out of a club, walk around to the side where no one was, and I'd hold up my fist, and I'd say, God, stop two things. Make mom and dad quit praying for me, and please take this dream away from me. When he was 18 years old, he was prophesied over that he would be a, Generation changer, a life changer sent to his generation. And he couldn't get away from it. And he'd walk out and said, and take that away from me. He was in the pit. But he was a prisoner of hope. And he didn't want to be. (laughs) You ever been there? God, it'd be easier. Just forget it. I'd rather go with Ishmael, one said. Don't want to wait on the promise. There is a promise. And we don't have a choice. You're a prisoner to hope. Isn't that powerful? To give you another illustration, um, before I do, let me tell you, tell you this, this this story. It's a joke. 
it, you it, I mean, so so you'll know to laugh whether it's funny or not. All right, that's 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 the only reason to tell you it's a joke ahead of time. But it is an illustrative joke. Um, there was this guy who walked to the grocery store for his exercise instead of driving. It was only two blocks away. He cuts across a cemetery that was between his house and the grocery store. So he got his groceries and started back, and it had turned dark. He went late late in the afternoon and got dark. And he fell into a a grave that had been freshly dug, and um, he, he couldn't get out. He jumped and jumped and jumped, pawed the dirt down and everything else, and just couldn't get out. So finally, it, it had turned dark, and he decided that he'd just wait till morning, that he knew that someone would be there in the morning because of the funeral, obviously. So he just sat down in the dark corner there and, and just put his groceries beside him, went to sleep, dozed off. And a drunk came along and fell in the same in the same hole, and when when and, and it woke him up and he's sitting there looking at this guy and he was just jumping up, jumping up, jumping up, trying to get out, and he thought he'd save him a little bit of trouble. So he gets up and walks over and touches him on the shoulder and said, "Listen, but it's no no use trying. You can't get out of here." But he did. It's going to take some supernatural something to get out. I mean, you know what I mean? You're in a pit and say, what do we do now? Now, now, how does the light turn on? How does everything turn? I know, I know that I'm in the pit. He said, what, what do I now, what do I do now that we know that we're there? When the lights have come, come on and when the lights go out and when the lights come back on, when this is going on all the time on the inside of us, then what do, what do we do at that point in time? In um, 1974, we began Shady Grove Church. Well, actually, it was Shady Grove Baptist Church, and we moved there in 74. In nine months, the church didn't like us. And they, uh, well, some in the church didn't like us. They had a vote on business meeting night, and it was um, two-thirds to a third that we stay. So I decided to stay. God had really put something in my heart about winning souls and touching the nations. My first sermon there was from Psalms chapter 2 about the ask of him and he would give us the nations. And so that was in my heart that one day that we would go to the nations and I didn't know how it was going to be done. And then three weeks, two to three weeks after the business meeting night, the building burned down. It was set on set on fire. It was arson, set on fire in five places, chemical fire, and it burned down. We ended up with 39 people, including my wife and two children and everybody else's children. And I thought, this I, we're going through all of this, and I, I don't understand it, and I, I don't know if I can handle it, and I don't know what's next or anything else. But somehow, through the, through all of that, God brought a truth to us. And the truth to us was this, that no matter what you're going through, if you will simply praise me, if you will do that, if you will do like like Paul and Silas did, who were on their way 
to a, to a mission on a mission journey. And a girl that they cast a demon out of owners got him thrown in jail and he and Silas and they're in jail and they're, they're at midnight and they're, they, they're bleeding. They've, they've been beaten with, with whip and with the, with rods and, and there they are at midnight and you find them singing. So, so look, look with me there, wherever that is. Acts 16, I believe it is. Acts 16 verse 25. Uh-huh. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. That is very interesting. Suddenly, watch that. The prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains listened. Watch. All the doors were open. All the chains were loosed. On everyone. Next. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Okay. Watch this. Here they are. Midnight. On, on, on their way, on their way to somewhere that they were called to go to, and they had this earthquake after they were singing, and everything gets set free. It says when they were singing, all the prisoners heard them. Something happened in those prisoners' hearts at midnight. I don't know how it worked. All, all I know, they did it. They were singing and an earthquake happened and they all got set free. And he said to him, do not harm yourself. We're all here. Look, here's the point. We all have seasons. Sometimes we don't know why we're in this pit. But God wants to do more than break you out. He wants to break in. Sometimes, sometimes we just say, God, would you please get me out of this? I'm, I'm tired of the mully grubs. I'm tired of the downers. Just break me out. I want to break out. I'm in this pit. I want to break out. God said, I, more than I want to break you out, I want to break into your heart. I want to move something on the inside of you. And I'm going to do that. If you will just do what I ask you to do, just praise me. Yes, you were headed someplace. Yes, you're in prison. But would you still praise me, locked up in your stocks, bleeding and hurting? Would you still begin singing a song to me and worship me and magnify my name? And his presence came when they did that and brought an earthquake and set them all free, every single one of them. But they didn't leave because they had a breakout and a break-in. And they didn't want to leave because they had a break-in in their heart. Something happened in the lives of the prisoners and they had a break in and they didn't care whether they got out or not. They were alone for the ride. And let me tell you something. If we will give ourselves to worship and to praise and to magnify His name, no matter what is happening, if we will come to the place where we will say, in all things I will give thanks to the Lord, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything I will give praise, I will give thanks, 
to the living God. For this is the will of God concerning me in my situation every time. Not some of the time, but every time. That if we said, I know I'm hurting, but I'm going to praise Him anyway. And I'm telling you, it works, brothers and sisters. It works. We waited 25, 26 long years for our son to come back, but we broke through and we never did quit praising God for the situation. Not not because of where he was, but we were to praise him even in the midst of it that it was happening. So I, we begin to worship and we begin to praise and we begin to magnify the Lord and God broke through. Brothers and sisters, no matter what situation you're in, God is not just looking to break you out. He's also wanting to break into you. He's wanting to break in. He's wanting to do a work and, and allow God just, just to work that sweet way he works on the inside of us and we will see the victory. I want to, I want to close with this passage of scripture. Psalms 18, verse 36, 5 and 6. Uh, excuse me, 18, verse 3. Five and six. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is the worthy to be praised so shall I be saved from my enemies. And in, with our starting verse, it said, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. The stronghold is praise him, praising him, worshiping him, walking in his presence, even when we don't feel like it. God has great things for this church. We don't know what the coming days hold. But one thing I do know, that he's called us to be an army of worshipers, those who will praise God no matter what, and be people who are willing to learn in every situation what it is that God wants to break in about. Could I just, um, for those of you who feel that you're in a, in a, in a pit, I'm not going to call you out. I, ju- I just want to. I just want to have some people to pray over you for a moment. Just some people right around you. Oh, if you're if you are there, you say, you know, I'm I feel like I'm I'm walking in a way that's not authentic. I I know what authentic is and I was and I'm now I'm not. And any situation like that, just stand up right where you are because we're gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray that you would be you would be imparted to by the Holy Spirit. I shouldn't have said anything about people praying for you. Because that might keep you from standing up, but don't. There, there's just nothing. Just you don't even have to move from where you are. So if you if you're here, and you feel, yeah, I, I am. I'm there. I need I need encouragement right now. I need a little help. Just stand up. Would you do that? Just stand up. Anyone else? Would some of you who are around them just go to them, please? Go to them, and and just lay your hands on them and begin to pray. Just lay your hands on them right now. We're going to believe God for deliverance. We're going to believe him for healing. For your glory, Lord. For your glory. Father, we thank you that 
these were bold enough. Here's some at the front not being prayed for, right? Some would some would some could someone go move over to them right here and just lay your hands on them and pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness in all of this and that you would uh, break in and break out with these who are standing. We ask for your love to overwhelm them and for your purposes, for the dream that you've put in them would come to pass, that they would know that it would, that you would impart faith to them. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, and may that hope be renewed in every one of their hearts for your glory. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's all stand together. Pastor. Before 
Pastor Yvette, and um, 25 years, we've prayed for each other and are still praying for one another, but 25 years, I believe you can make it another 25 years, don't you? <laughs> I believe so. You know, you know what happened with us, I didn't tell you, but after building burned and all we just went through a lot of different stresses but we ended up with missionaries all over the world literally starting schools and pastors going out from the church and everything that I had dreamed of happened because of the one thing obeying him I've just given him praise and worship in the midst of everything I'm telling you the potential of this church is beyond what most of us are thinking right now. God has great plans for this house. Great plans. And what leaders you have. They were chosen not just by, by us, but first by the Lord. And we recognized His choosing in their lives. That's the reason we weren't quit, quick to appoint them to come here. We wanted to hear the appointment from God first. And we wanted those of you who were here to hear that appointment as well. And guess what? It was God. And they've been here and you've seen marvelous things and you're about to see a whole lot more. Come down here, Pastor. Yvette. I want I want you ministers particularly, you elders, let me just face the congregation. And the elders come down and any ministers here that you would like, like to pray for them, you're invited right now. But let's come down and, and just uh, lay hands on them, pray over them, encourage them. You're here. We appreciate it. Just move in front of them. Go ahead. Get in front of them. Pile around them and behind them in whatever way you, you want to do. That's it. That's it. Get a hand through there. Y'all just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. you said that you would oversee your church. Church is not a building. A church is a group of people who become community and say, Lord, it's not a what a goal we have, but God, we want to do that which you lead us to do 
into all truth. That which is beyond the ability of a human individual. Lord, there is nothing that is impossible with you. Jesus, that which God has begun a good work, he will be faithful. God, you never ask us to do anything but us to be faithful. There's a lot of things we can't do, but Lord, within us resides the ability to be faithful to the end. And he said when we got to the end, he'd be there. So Lord, may your Shekinah glory and your presence and your leadership be upon the lattice God, Lord. May there be the glory that they don't even understand what it means. No more than Joseph understood what the vision was that you gave him. He couldn't have imagined such an end. Oh, God, this city and this area, Lord, in this end time, we need those that will be faithful and stand strong and refuse to give up. Lord, lay your hand upon them. And, Lord, let your Holy Spirit come unto them in a force and a power and ability that guides every step that they take. Lord, in your economy. In your economy. Not in the world's economy. But, Lord, in your economy, (laughs) it is more than enough. Thank you for them, God. Love them. Wrap your arms about them. Lord, let them know that you're there more close than they've ever experienced in all of this life. And bless their believers, the body. Oh, God, let them without a vision. No, not just a pastor, but God without a vision. Lord, thou are those who refuse the vision and they perish. They say, that's not my vision. But God, when you give a vision, Lord, like this son, Jesus, we just say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, let me just say to you, And I say this to you, but this is a word for your church. Get ready for your next assignment. Uh, Because the reason God purifies you, He has for 25 years, come out pure as silver. The reason He he does it is to take away the draw so He can fill it with His glory, more of His glory. And so there's a next assignment for, for you, for this congregation. You never stop. If you'll continue to listen to Him, there's always something else. He said, I need you to do something else. And we can stop where we are. But if we'll just continue to listen, he'll say, there's another assignment. There's another assignment for this congregation. So, Lord, I thank you for the next assignment. Lord, for this man and woman of God and for this congregation. Lord, you've purified this congregation. They've they've been through the testing. They've come out on the other side. And, Lord, there's more room now to fill them up with more of your glory, more of your anointing, more of your power, more of your vision. So, Lord, I thank you for the next assignment. Lord, they're going to have an ear to hear. And, Lord, they're going to have a heart to obey. This church is going to obey. What's next? 
They're going to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, Lord. There's a greater future. There's more people to reach. There's an assignment only they can do. Lord, let them do it for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand and show appreciation to Pastor. Amen. I just want to tell you how grateful Owen and I are for each of you that have been here through all these years. But what I've been thinking all morning, if you would bear with me, it's not going to take but a second, but would everybody sit down? And now then, we know that this church started in the home of Ken and Barbie. (laughs) Ken and Barbara Smith started there. And uh, we would we would come down every week and have a Bible study. Now, what I want to know is how many of you went to those Bible studies in their home? Stand up, stand up. Yay! Yeah, it's good to see you. Thank you for persevering these years. Thank you. Thank you all so much. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God Almighty lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Go get him, tigers. Have some cake and coffee. And all the earth with sound your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing.